0: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to our Monday Night Bible Study and Fellowship on Shoe. Tonight we're going to be doing the third part in our series on uh, the last eight chapters of Ezekiel, which is recorded, was recorded back from 2015, I believe. Um, yeah. If you heard it one time, you need to hear it five times. Um, you, if you listen close, there'll be things that you'll learn that you didn't hear the first time you went through it. So that's what it's a six part series we're doing here on not only on Talkshoe, but it also is being live streamed on Facebook on uh, Friday and Sunday night. As far as myself goes, uh, my computer is froze up and I've got to take it to the computer shop and get it fixed when I get the cash to do it. And whenever I get my computer back online, then I'll be back on Facebook. I'll be um, advertising the programs and adding a little bit more. I'll be back to posting scripture every day, like I've done for the last six years, not missing days at all. Um, now, I've been it's, it's been almost three weeks since I posted anything on Facebook. It's because my computer's tore up. It's not because I've decided that God would not worth um, the Word of God wasn't worth putting out there. But anyway, after having said that, my health is. Um, My swelling has gone down a little bit in the knee. The pain has not subsided all that much, but um, it's subsided enough where I can talk to you tonight for a little bit. I appreciate the ones that are there in the chat room. Brother Pete, I love you very much. Um, You guests that are there, I appreciate you being there, William. You've always been faithful about coming. And uh, whether you like what's taught here or not, I still appreciate your presence, brother. And I always think about you and pray about it. Not that you're in my thoughts and prayers. I pray for you personally. That thoughts and prayers stuff is what the world says when they're lying out their teeth. So I'm not going to say that. But anyway, I appreciate all the ones that support this ministry. And as I told you, Lord willing and help permitting, we'll be back in the saddle with our regular programs as soon as humanly possible. And the main, st- the main thing is getting the computer fixed and getting it back on track and um, getting the, the final go-ahead with it, getting this knee finally taken care of, and then we'll be back on track with everything. After having said that, Brother Dave, open us in a word of prayer and take her away, Brother.
2: Okay, before I pray, I just wanted to mention that this coming Friday and Sunday, we will be doing, again, a study in the last eight chapters of Ezekiel, chapters 40 to 48. In part um, four, tonight we'll do it about an hour and a half, and we'll have two-hour segments, one Friday, one Sunday. But I discovered an error I made. I was uh, playing videos, and I had a slide presentation that I had made, and I discovered an error I had made today, and they weren't showing up on the share screen when you were watching it, on facebook or at zoom and i've corrected that issue so when when you come this friday and sunday there will be a lot of video presentation along with the preaching that's directly related to the preaching and teaching so you know it it should be more captivating and interesting and you you'll learn a little bit more from that praise the lord for that so tonight i'll just open in prayer Father, in the name of Jesus, I give you thanks for this evening. I thank you, Lord, for the continued hand of the Lord Jesus Christ upon Pastor Don in his health, and I I know that the finished work of Calvary applies to salvation of the body as well as to every area, our spirit and soul. And Lord, we know that there are battles of faith involved uh, on these issues, and sometimes Healing comes through a battle, and it just doesn't come when the first time someone prays or lays hands on someone, but when someone stands in faith on the Word, believing the Word of God, even though their body's telling them they're crazy and every devil in hell telling them they're crazy, when they stand on the Word, the Word works. And, Lord, I thank you for the, all the Scriptures that declare that Jesus Christ is a healer, and I, for one, believe it and stand on it, And they're tried, tested, and proven seven times. They've been refined in the furnace seven times, Lord. And they apply for every area, salvation. And I thank you, Lord, for that. And tonight, I I just give you praise, Lord, that the swelling is going down and that there is progress. And I thank you, Lord, that though the demons in hell scream, no, no, he will never recover. They're liars. They're liars. Every one of them are liars. And I thank you, Lord, For recovery, whether it takes the next five minutes or the next five months, whatever, on your schedule, on your timing, I thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. And I thank you for tonight's teaching, Lord, that the hearts and minds be opened. I I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that the Holy Spirit, who represents the Lord Jesus Christ on the earth, move throughout the world and throughout those who have already been to this ministry and listened that he draws them and new believers or unbelievers that need to get saved to this ministry, Lord, and to these teachings that are archived and that their eyes would be open to the Lord Jesus Christ and to worship the preeminent Jesus Christ and to be saved and to grow in faith and service to the Lord. And that's what we pray tonight, Lord, that everything that's said and done magnify the Lord Jesus Christ. And for this, I'm truly grateful. In Jesus' name, so be it. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen to everything that Brother Dave said. And God bless each and every one of you. And if we will get the computer fixed this week, Lord willing, and I will see you live Friday night. If not, um, it'll just that'll be the reason. That'll be the only reason why it'll be either that, or I'll be in the hospital, or my health will be bad. But anyway, I appreciate the ones that's there. And if you've never supported this ministry before, I hope that the Lord lays on your heart that you would, that you would support it now because it's needed more than ever now, and I appreciate that from the depths of my heart to anyone out there listening or that is going to listen. So go ahead and take it away, Brother Dave.
2: Yeah, you can go to PayPal, in case you're not here at the end, you can go make an offering to the Lord Jesus Christ through this ministry, go to PayPal, enter the email address, which is Pastor Don's paypal account respect to the lord at yahoo.com or you can enter don spears ministries and don pastor don will come up his name his account and you can make an offering to the lord jesus christ and to someone who works for the lord and you can share in the rewards of this ministry when you do so and i'm thankful that you do it the lord bless you for it and here we go pastor don from 2015 march 2015 Here's, here we go.
0: God bless each and every one of you. God's grace okay. go with you. Good night. What I was talking about just a few seconds ago, how how the Book of Ezekiel is laid out. The last two, ch- the last eight chapters is pure prophecy. It's for a vision far away, far in a far away time. All right. Well, like I said, when we when Ezekiel gets to the latter part of thirty three and the 34, 35, and thirty six. It starts bringing that you can see historical time periods there, and you can recognize the way the things that some of the things that the Lord has done. All right, since right now in two thousand fifteen, all the way back to Ezekiel's time, it talk and uh, you and when you get up to chapter thirty eight and thirty nine, it just plainly comes out and tells you that it's for it's for the last days in a future time. And it's talking about a war, and from that war he goes straight into 4, chapter 40 through 48, and that jumps ahead another long period of time into the very end of the millennial reign and into eternity. That's the way the book is laid out. And back in the, the chapters in the 30s, what I was talking about a while ago, you understand who the people are he's talking about, In forty three forty eight, you understand the difference. You those words that I brought to your attention the other night you should pay attention to, like forever and ashamed and all those words. They pop up they're back there in the mid thirties and all the way up into forty three forty eight. That's how important those words are. The words of God, all of them are important. (laughs) Every single one of them are important. And that's what most people miss. Over the last 2,000 years, the most, historic, most biblical scholars have missed. And I said most. There's a few out there that see this from a different perspective, like I see it, okay? I used to see it in the perspective of all my past teachers and everything, all the past uh, biblical scholars back over the last 2,000 years. But I, when I saw that they had missed, the Anglo Israel truth for the most part, for the most part. And I understood that there is definitely a, a dividing, a difference between Israel and the rest of the folks. There's definitely a division. There's a division between the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, and, reg- and the other part of Israel, and the whosoever will. Well, when the truth first came out about these divisions years and hundreds of years ago, that's where it it stopped, right there. They said, well, this is the truth, and everybody has just kept saying the same thing over and over and over again, going back to the ones that the Lord opened their eyes to that truth of the division. Well, they're wrong. The Lord, there is nothing, there's all those truths, especially prophetical truths, and the dealing with the people, there's nothing that says this is it, I'm slamming the hammer down. There's two verses in the New Testament where Paul plainly tells you, and Peter plainly tells you, that the present truth
3: is the present truth, which indicates there would be future truth coming from the Word of God. Most everybody
0: misses those references. One's in Philippians chapter 3, the other ones in First 1 Peter, Second Peter, Chapter One. Peter plainly tells you that this is the present truth, indicating that there's future truth that will be revealed. Paul puts it said that even he gave them some truth. I just paraphrase. This is not quote. All right, that they in their perfecting process they would use the truth they had, and God would reveal other things to them at the appropriate time. That's what Paul said. In Philippians chapter 3. So there's two references. To the Lord. Opening eyes and continuing. With the with the hearts in the correct. Has the. If the heart's malleable. Okay. And there's a spirit. There's a spirit of humility. To allow the Holy Spirit to teach you. There are things. That the Lord will show you. That he's never shown me. That's. Way things go down, from, that's the way the Lord works with His people. Well, that's the way he's supposed. That's the way He wants to work. Let's put it that way. But people get satisfied, and they'll, you know, they'll learn how to um, quote two or three verses, and then they'll think that they've mastered the Word of God, and they think they know all the truth that there is to know that the Lord wants to reveal. Well, that's blatant. That's just a blatant lie. The Holy Spirit is the teacher. Christ says he when he sent the Holy Spirit they would lead and guide us into all truth.
1: Well we ain't
0: reached that end yet. How do you know that? Because the Lord hasn't come back yet.
1: <laughs>
0: That's why. The Spirit of God's still working. There is an emanation in Second Timothy, I mean Second Thessalonians, that the, when he that us will let until he be taken out of the way, there's a possibility that that's talking about the teaching part of the Holy Spirit. But I'm not going to get into that tonight. All right? But there's a possibility that it's talking about the Spirit. If the Spirit came at one time, and he comes into each individual and seals them, well, if he can't, he wasn't here all the time, and he wasn't. He just worked on people, came on people in the Old Covenant and came in to dwell with us forever, the believers. Well, that indicates if there was a time when he came on Pentecost, there's also a time when he might leave. See, I'm just saying this is, this is speculation, all right? But he hadn't left yet because the bride is here. His chosen bride, the Israel of God, is still plugging along. Okay, he hasn't gone anywhere yet. He dwells in us. He seals us. He's right here. He influences us today. He's leading and guiding into all truth. But there might be a time when the Lord says, "That's it. Bingo. Ball game." and takes the, major, the the biggest part of the Spirit, the workings of the Spirit now, and they go away, and it goes back to the same way that originally the Holy Spirit worked in the Old Covenant. That's coming on people and doing a work in them and then leaving. That's the way it worked with Saul. The Holy Spirit came on Saul and then left him. Okay? David was afraid that the Lord would take the Holy Spirit
3: from him. He knew he knew this truth, and he prayed,
4: "God,
0: please don't take the Holy Spirit from me." When he screwed up with Bathsheba, that's the way you know these things, folks. It's in the book. And when and when people pray, "Take not the Holy Spirit from me," nobody prays that kind of prayer in the New Testament. It, it, because in the New Testament, when the Spirit came down, He see, He seals individual believers to the day of redemption. He dwells within us, leads and guides us into all truth. And all the naysayers that are settled on their leaves and they're satisfied with their, their, um, their cookie-cutter doctrines, they just don't, don't want to get it. They don't want to get it. They don't want to understand this, so I'm just prepping you for some of the stuff I'm going to talk about tonight, especially when it goes well, about these bodies, okay? That these Israelites here in 43-48 40 get and who they are. Because if, if there's a specific bunch, the Lord probably, wouldn't you imagine, somewhere in the book, he makes reference to them. But well, I'm going to take you and show you where that reference is. Over the last 2,000 years, everybody that studied it, all the Bible scholars, said it was allegorical. I don't, <laughs> it's not, I don't think it's allegorical. And I explained that stuff about allegory the other night, how the, the Bible sets you up and lets you know it's allegorical. It, it's not some secret thing where maybe this is allegorical, maybe it's not in the majority of the cases. And there are some places I can see that there's possibilities In some places. But as a general rule, when the the Bible's going to lay out something, this allegory tells you that. It tells you that in the context, or just flat comes out and tells you, like Paul did, this is an allegory. A similitude. Hosea's got a lot of similitudes in it. In other words, allegorical or metaphorical or allegorical speech. It tells you that. Hosea tells you that in the book. (laughs) So there's no secret about it. So anyway, we'll get into that in a little while when we get back to where I'm talking about. <clears throat> so Brother Jason, since we <clears throat> accidentally skipped over it, let's go over chapter forty two tonight. Skim
5: over it, okay? All righty. Ezekiel chapter forty two. Okay, let me just turn to it here. Then he brought me forth into the utter court the way toward the north and he brought me into the chamber that was over against the separate place and which was before the building toward the north before the length of an hundred cubits was the north door and the breadth was 50 cubits over against the 20 cubits which were the which were for the inner court and over against the pavement, which was for the utter court, was gall- gallery against gallery in three stories. Then before the chambers was a walk of ten cubits breadth inward, away of one cubit, and their doors toward the north. Now the upper chambers were shorter, for the galleries were higher than these, Than the lower, and then the middlemost of the building. Okay, what did you stop right there, brother? What he's doing?
0: He's just he's just going through the setting up about the tabernacle, the temple, and in the earlier chapter we was in talked about the place of the sacrifice. You know, the the altars, all that stuff. He's laying out what it is. And the first part of the of of the last eight chapters of Ezekiel talked about the measurements. And the measurements are different than the measurements of the heavenly temple in the book of Revelation. That's the way you know they're not the same. Okay, I went over that the other night ad nauseum. They're not the same. It's different. different and number one, is for different folks. <laughs> yes, tells you that in the book of Revelation as well. Because it tells you about some that are within and some that are without the New Jerusalem has no need of a temple. Plainly tells you that in Revelation chapter twenty two. There's no need of a temple there. If a bunch of folks live there, that's why. That's the bride's home. The bride and the bridegroom's home. That's why. This is not the bride and the bridegroom's home. These folks don't have a husband. They do, but it's in a different sense. It would be God the Father not the Lord Jesus Christ. Glad I'm not going to get into all that. So skip. turn to chapter uh, 44, brother, and go down to the last part of the chapter, and let's skim over it again, and then we're going to go back to Ezekiel 33, okay? Okay. Chapter 44. Chapter 43. Oh, 43. Mm-hmm. Where, where, where would you like me about to start? Middle, about middle ways of the chapter.
3: Okay. okay. There's 27 verses in it. Start around verse 15.
5: Okay. So the altar shall be four cubits, and from the altar and upward shall be four horns, and the altar shall be 12 cubits long, 12 broad, square in the four squares thereof, and the settle shall be 14 cubits long and 14 broad in the four squares thereof, and the border About it shall be half a cubit, and the bottom thereof shall be a cubit about, and his his stairs shall look toward the east. And he said unto me, Son of man, thus saith the Lord God, These are the ordinances of the altar in the day when they shall make it, to offer burnt offerings thereon, and to sprinkle blood thereon. And thou shalt give to the priests, the Levites, that be of the seed of Zadok, which approach unto me, to minister unto me, saith the Lord God, a young foach for a sin offering. Whoa,
0: whoa, 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 guys, whoa, whoa. I want you folks to understand something. I'm sure that has come up in your mind. How could a Hebrew, we went to Hebrews the other night, read chapter 9, okay? It probably comes up in your mind, well, why does it say there that the Lord made one sacrifice for sin forever? Well, here it's talking about sacrifice again. How, what's going on here? One, the Lord Jesus's blood, is everlasting. What could this possibly mean that they're talking about in eternity? These folks having to have a sin offering, being ashamed of their sin. All this stuff is talked about. Let me give you. Let me give you an idea. You can mold this over in your brain, spiritual brain. You know, we take the Lord's Supper, the communion service as a memorial looking back at the cross I'm sure you folks has had communion before which brings me to the point that we need to take communion again online brother Kevin if you will make a note of this that uh, we will have take that we'll have the Lord's Supper in about two weeks on Sunday night okay saying. The Lord's Supper is a type. You got it? It's a type of exactly what they're doing here. A type. It's, But our type is a spiritual type. We take the blood and body. See, the Catholics make it literal. That's where they're they're wet. Christ tells you after he, the first time he ever did, did the uh, Lord's Supper. He t- and all the people left him, they couldn't handle it because he's talking about eating flesh and drinking blood, see. Well, the Catholics still make it literal and believe the same way the ones that left him did. But Christ tells you right after the folks left him that it was all spirit. It was a spiritual thing, not a literal thing. tells you right there in the chapter, Matthew 28 and in Luke. I'm just saying, That when we take communion, it is a spiritual type, or as Paul calls it, a remembrance. With these people in eternity, they didn't trust Christ. Or they wouldn't be doing what they're doing. For some reason, they didn't trust Christ, even though the blood was there for for this to take it. It was a gift. Sitting under—I've uh, used the illustration before, like a Christ, like a gift sitting under a Christmas tree. Well, these Israelites walked around the Christmas tree all their life and never reached down and picked up the gift. Simple, okay? But now here they are—the priest of Zadok, the Levites. I'm going to get into more of that in a second too. They're actually literally killing bullocks and sheep again. As a sin offering, it told you in the previous chapter right here in this chapter forty three. So I'm just saying maybe what they're, they're what they're doing never takes away sin. It never did. Tells in Hebrews that blood bulls and goats could never never take away that's in that's key, take away sin. It only remitted So the Redeemer should come. Well, the Redeemer's done come, and and here they are in eternity sacrificing bulls and goats. What's going on? I do not completely understand it, but I'm saying that it's a possibility in some way or another that they have to go through the motions again as part of the punishment. They're staying outside the true blood atonement of the Lord Jesus Christ who was God manifest in the flesh shed for them. That's just a possibility. Like I said while ago, I'm just saying. Possibility. Anyway, continue on, brother Jason.
4: <clears throat>
5: and thou shalt take of the blood thereof and put it on the four horns of it and on the four corners of the settle, and upon the border round about, thus shalt thou cleanse and purge it. Thou shalt take the bullock also of the sin offering, and he shall burn it in the appointed place of the house, without the sanctuary. And on the second day of, thou shalt offer a kid of the goats without blemish for a sin offering, And they shall cleanse the altar, and they did cleanse it with the bullock. When thou hast made an end of cleansing it, thou shalt offer a young bullock without blemish, and a ram out of the flock without blemish, and thou shalt offer them before the Lord, and the priests shall cast salt upon them, and they shall offer them up for a burnt offering, Unto the Lord. Seven days shalt shalt thou prepare every day a goat for a sin offering. They shall also prepare a young bullock and a ram out of the flock without blemish. Seven days they purge the altar and purify it, and they shall consecrate themselves. And when these days are expired, it shall be, That upon the eighth day, and so forward, the priests shall make your burnt offerings upon the altar and your peace offerings, and I will accept you, saith the Lord God. Wow.
0: I will accept you, saith the Lord God. Mm. Paul tells you that we, the bride, are accepted in the Beloved. Well, we are accepted in the beloved, and this bunch of folks here ain't. Wow, the implications. See, the, there is all kind of wild stuff, folks, that I could talk about. That's just pure speculation. That would seem that you could put in here. There's a bunch of extra canonical books, and you know, and there's there's one person out there that that uh, snatches off people trying and he, he lambast the word of God all the time and, and badmouths the true Christians all the time, talks about reincarnation, this and reincarnation. that. doesn't use that word, but that's what he's talking about, okay? Pure Eastern mysticism, folks. So if any of you come from that bunch, stay away. I'm you know, I can't make you do anything. I'm just asking you for your own sake. Stay away from it. There's spirits in that stuff, okay? All it is is Eastern mysticism. That's all it is. That's all it is. Madame Blavatsky stuff, if you've ever heard of her. That's New Age stuff, folks. It's New Age stuff. Deceiving Spirits. Seducing spirits, as Paul calls it in First, Second Timothy, chapter three. Seducing spirits.
3: Oh, well, I don't know if it is. Well, you will.
0: Well, they wouldn't be seducing spirits then. See what I mean? Don't get around that kind of stuff. Stay away from anybody that cuts this book up.
3: Number one.
0: Stay away from anybody that cuts this book to pieces. And puts their opinion ahead of what God has preserved for you. That's that's the first rule of thumb. that will keep you from more dissection than just about anything out there. Because what I'm talking about runs rampant today. Anyway, the best thing to do is have a rule. You just stay with the 12 inches is a foot. 12 inches is a foot. Don't deter from it. Hey, if you're wrong, the Lord didn't want to show you. Everything about the Anglo-Israel truth, the Lord showed me out of this book in front of me. I didn't have to have another translation. I didn't have to have nobody's opinion. You say, is it wrong to use a concordance? Of course it's not wrong. Folks, there is a reason I put this book on a pedestal like I do. Because in the end, when all the dust is settled, it's the yardstick. It's the it's the absolute authority when all the dust has settled. Crap. They can't even, the ones that do cut it up can't even get away from it. But I'll tell you something there. Anyway.
3: Ezekiel chapter 47.
0: Now, now the reason I'm doing this, I'm going to give you up when we get to the verses. I'll show you. I'll bring it to your attention because we're going to, from chapter 47 and 40, uh, let's say 46, Brother Jason, we're going to skim through, and I do mean skim through, Brother Jason, if you can, you can pick up the speed of your reading just a little bit, Brother. We're All going right. to skim over, um, and I'll stop you if it's important, believe me, <laughs> okay? We'll go through 40, 45 and 46 here in Ezekiel and skim through it, and I'll bring some things to your attention because when we go back <clears throat> to the in the 30s of Ezekiel, It'll be brought up, and you'll realize that it's coming up later in these last eight chapters, if that's what he's talking about. So go ahead and skip over to uh, chapter 45, brother, and start going down through there.
5: Okie up Moreover, when ye shall divide by lot the land for inheritance, ye shall offer an ablation under the Lord and holy portion of the land, the land. Okay, okay. Shall wait, be... wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Stop. I'm I'm sorry. I I sent you too far. Go to forty the last part of forty
0: four. Forty four. Yeah, because, yeah, because forty five uh said moreover. So let's drop down Let me let me just second, let me skim over this for a second. I apologize, folks. I should have done this before the program, but I've been in uh in thirty three through um uh, 39 all day long instead of here. Man, we're just entering up there. Just started chapter 1, brother. I mean, the first verse in chapter 44. Okay. Then he
4: brought me back the way of the gate of the outward
5: sanctuary, which looketh toward the east, and it was shut. Then said the Lord unto me, This gate shall be shut, it shall not be opened, and no man shall enter in by it, because the Lord, the God of Israel, hath entered in by it, therefore it shall be shut. It is for the prince, the prince, he shall sit in it to eat bread before the Lord. He shall enter by the way of the porch of that gate, and shall go out by the way of the
0: same. Okay, stop, stop. There's one of the points I want you to write it down in your mind or on a piece of paper. The
3: prince,
0: that's not Jesus Christ, folks. That's not Jesus Christ. A lot of people, all your scholars will try to tell you it is. It ain't. And I'm going to show you why it ain't in just a second. You even got a reprobate out there that claims to be teaching, that that calls Jesus Christ a prince all the time. No, Jesus Christ is the King of kings and Lord of lords.
3: That's what he is. But for years, prophetical scholars and everything, back over the last 2,000 years, or especially the last 500 years,
0: since we had the canonized text, has tried to make this prince Jesus Christ and try to make this whole setting here something takes place in the millennium. Sorry, the
3: dog won't hunt. Things that are different are not the same. No matter how much you want them to be. 13 inches is not a foot, 12 inches are never 13.
0: <laughs> Oh, gosh. Anyway, keep on, brother. This is a prince that's talking about right here. And I'm going
5: to show you the prince is shortly. Go ahead, brother. Then brought he me the way of the north gate before the house, and I looked, and behold, the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord, and I fell upon my face. And the Lord said unto me, Son of man, mark well, and behold thine eyes, and hear with thine ears all that I say unto thee concerning all the ordinances of the house of the Lord, and all the laws thereof, and mark well the entering in of the house with every going forth of the sanctuary. And thou shalt say to the rebellious, even to the house of Israel, Thus saith the Lord God, O ye house of Israel, let it suffice you of all your abominations. Okay. This, hey,
0: we're in, the, we're in the future, folks. This, the context of this is in the future. They're rebellious. He's talking about the house of Israel. It's after... Anyway, go ahead, brother, keep on.
5: In that ye have brought into my sanctuary strangers... All right, stop there. So, there's
3: somebody there besides the Israelites...
0: You'll find that out in the latter part, in in chapter 48 and 49. I mean, yeah, in chapter 47 and 48.
3: They'd get a part of the inheritance with the Israelites. But these strangers
0: here is talking about that he's getting them for doing what's taking place today in our churches. Watch what
5: he says concerning this. Go ahead, brother. Uncircumcised in heart and uncircumcised in flesh, be Stranger to be in my sanctuary no, no, stop. to pollute it. Jason, whoa, whoa. Brother, have uh, you got headphones
0: on? Now, uh, is there a delay between your, when you talk and I
5: talk? Not that I can hear, but do you hear a delay from me to you? No, but when I tell you to stop, you just keep on reading. Oh, well, now I can hear you.
0: But, okay, but anyway, these strangers here are uncircumcised in heart and are uncircumcised in the flesh.
4: Remember what I
0: taught you last night? We went and uh, talked about spiritual circumcision, that new circumcision. That's the new covenant, spiritual, done by the, It's called the operation of God in Colossians two. Remember that stuff. See, that's the reason I asked you guys to write this stuff down. Unless you got a photographic memory, okay? Anyway, go ahead, Brother Jason.
5: To be in my sanctuary, to pollute it, even my house, when ye offer my bread, the fat and the blood, and they have broken my covenant because of all your abominations. So these strangers have broken the covenant... By who's iniquity? Israelite's iniquity. Verse, 40, verse 11, brother. 11. Yet they shall be ministers in my sanctuary, having charge at the gates of the house and ministering to the house. They shall slay the burnt offering and the sacrifice for the people, and they shall stand before them to minister unto them. Did you hear what did you say?
0: Oh, they won't tell you that, will they? This is later on, folks. This is in eternity. What's going on here? Things are different. Continue on, brother. Thanks. Because
5: they ministered unto them before their idols, and caused the house of Israel to fall into iniquity, therefore have I lifted up mine hand against them, saith the Lord God, and they shall bear their iniquity. And they shall not come near unto me. To do the office of a priest unto me, nor to come near to any of my holy things in the most holy place, but they shall bear their shame and their abominations which they have committed. oh my goodness, segregation, segregation
4: and
0: picking be and playing favorites the Lord plays favorites he has ever ever since Abraham the Lord's always played favorites. He's God Almighty. He can do what he wants to do, but he's bound by his book. Now, if this subject matter he's just read is true, and we know it's true because it's the Word of God. And And he brings this out in eternity. That means somewhere in the book he's made a way for this bunch to have dealings with us, even though... Separation was the way it was supposed to be from the very beginning. Be ye not and in Second Corinthians chapter six, God plainly tells you be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. What part hath Christ with Belial, or what part hath a believer with an infidel? In Acts chapter 17, he says, i made of all nations, one blood, and set forth the bounds of their habitation. So there's boundaries for everybody. There's boundaries. You step over those boundaries, it incurs the wrath of God. It incurs judgment. It incurs chastening. It incurs
3: all kind of stuff. Why the world is so dead set on breaking down the boundaries, breaking down segregation,
0: breaking down the races, trying to mix them all together, try every anything to screw up God, to try to make a slam against our Heavenly Father. Anything. Political correctness. Another thing. On and on and on. That's why he tells you not to have anything to do with this world outside of what is imperative that you do to live, or as Paul says, living in the world but as not abusing it, in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And the straight commandment, not to love the world, neither the things that are in the world, the spirit of the world, the world system. What the world says is right ain't never right. It always goes against God. It's contrary to the Father. It's contrary to this book. And you make choices in your life. What the world loves, you can you can you can just absolutely bet your bottom dollar, as the old saying goes, that if the world loves it, God hates it. Luke
3: sixteen,
0: fifteen. That which is highly esteemed
4: among
3: men is an abomination in the sight of God. I didn't interpret a thing, I just quoted scripture to you whatever the world i told I told you this, and i this i learned
0: but praise the Holy Father in heaven that I learned this at an early age about the world because I hear my brothers in christ they'll just, say they justify just enough to make their self comfortable. They'll justify just enough stuff of the world to make their self comfortable. See, one will justify one thing, another one will justify another thing. Whatever that they'll stay comfortable with, they'll turn on a dime and badmouth the world, badmouth the world system, badmouth the Jews for doing this, the Jews for doing that, and at the same time partaking
3: of it. Folks, these things should not be. not The Pharisees did exactly the same thing, say one thing out of one side of their mouth and do another. The fear of men bringeth a snare, folks. The fear of family
0: bringeth the same snare. The fear of wife, the fear of friend, girlfriend, it doesn't matter. God goes one way, and your friends, loved ones, children, wife, mother, daddy, grandparents, doesn't matter. When
3: they go another way, you have to go with the Lord. And that part's a choice. That's the reason the Lord said everything He did in the Gospels Bible. you know,
0: gotta hate, you'll hate one or love the other, love one or hate the other. Pure, that's just the way it is. You can't beat this book; it's got it all covered. And see, you come in, if people that come in to pure Bible teaching that has never been subjected to true, honest Bible teaching and preaching—they never heard nothing like that. Why? It's because the church married the world. Long time ago. Started in around three hundred twenty five AD and it's just got worse, worse and worse. Everything starts off good, folks. I'm talking about movements. They start off good and they wind up in apostasy. That goes with it. There is no exceptions. There is no exceptions. The universal law of the second law of thermodynamics applies to everything. Without an influx of the Holy Spirit on a regular basis, without continuous reading of the spiritual words of God, there will be degeneration. You see, that's the only exception to that law. God's the one that God's the one that set the laws into existence, put them into existence, and put them into operation. But He gave you a way out. Paul tells you plainly in Second Corinthians four: Though our outward man perish, the inward man is renewed day by day. But we look not at the things which are seen, but the things. Which you're not saying, for the things which you're saying are temporal, but the things which you're not saying are eternal.
5: next verse, brother, <laughs> and they shall not come near unto me to do the office of a priest unto me nor to come near to any of my holy things in the most holy place, but they shall bear their shame and their abominations which they have committed, but I will make them keepers of the charge of the house for all the service thereof and for all that shall be done therein, but the priests the but the priest, the Levites, the son of zadok and excuse me, that kept the charge of my sanctuary when the children of Israel went astray from me, they shall come nearer to me to minister unto me, and they shall stand before me to offer unto me the fat and the blood, saith the Lord God. Draw they down shall verse enter seven, into my sanctuary. Drop down, to verse, down to verse 17, brother. And it shall come to pass that when they enter in at the gates of the inner court, they shall be clothed with linen garments, and no wool shall come upon them whilst they minister in the gates of the inner court. And Drop, down verse 20. Drop down
0: to verse 20.
5: Neither shall they shave their heads nor suffer their locks. To grow long, they shall only pull their heads Neither shall any priest drink wine when they enter into the inner court. Neither shall they take for their wives a widow, nor her that is put away, but they shall take the maidens of the seed of the house of Israel.
0: Okay, stop. You see, these are natural bodies, able to have kids, have wives, have the whole sheet match, just like I told you the other night. Something, something, there's something going on here, see? Something's going on here. The laws, the laws of the house, it said in the previous chapter, it's called the law of the house. It's not the Mosaic law, it's the laws of the house. The ordinances, the feast days, the Sabbath days, all that stuff is resurrected and put back in force. That's the reason Paul tells you, we went to it on Friday night and read it, that they were a shadow of things to come. So you even have the emanation from Paul that all that stuff is coming back. And it is for these folks here. It sure is. All right, drop on down to, let's see, verse 27.
5: And in the... And in the day that he goeth into the sanctuary, unto the inner court, to minister in the sanctuary, he shall offer his sin offering, saith the Lord God. Okay, that's my, that's, that's a,
0: where, okay, read verse 28, I see it mentions inheritance, go ahead.
5: And it shall be unto them for an inheritance. I am their inheritance, inheritance, and ye shall give them no possession in Israel, I am their possession
4: they they shall e-
5: they, you should read that again, read that verse one more time, and it shall be unto them for an inheritance why uh, why what let
0: uh, why colon why is uh, is uh, what shall be given unto them for an in inheritance boom brother. start there at, this, at the colon. I am their inheritance, there you again. there you go. these there in here these is the last don't get no inheritance like you would think of inheritance. Keep on reading,
5: and ye shall give them no possession in Israel. I am their possession there's the verse twenty nine brother they shall eat the meat offering and the sin offering, and the trespass offering, and every dedicated thing in Israel shall be theirs. And the first of all the fruits, excuse me, and the first of all the first fruits of all things, and every oblation of all, of every sort of your oblations shall be the priests. Ye shall also give unto the priest the first of your dough, and he may cause the blessing to rest in thine house. The priest shall not eat of anything that is dead of itself or torn, whether it be fowl or beast. Okay. Now we're going to back go back to chapter... 33,
0: and brother, you can start reading in chapter 33 of Ezekiel, and you can pick up the pace a little bit because it'll be down toward the end of the chapter. I want to bring some things to you folks' attention. I started out by telling you how about the chronology and everything, and then when it gets up in here into the mid-30s, it starts kicking in. Boom, 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 boom. The debate talks about what people call the 38 and 39 is about the last battles that take place, Gog and Magog, you know when everybody, everybody wants to study 38 and 39. I've went through it before, and time gone by, it's in the archives. So we're not going to go through it again, just to let you know, it tells you in Ezekiel 38 and 39, this is a battle that takes place in all the mountains of Israel. See, that's another thing. When it talks about the mountains of Israel, it's talking about the nations. That's what mount, nations... It tells you in the chat, shows you in the chapter that it's talking about nations. When it talks about the mountains of Israel. It's not talking about some mountain like Mount Kilimanjaro. No, no. It's talking about the nations of Israel. And you can't pour you can't melt and pour that fact on any Judeo-Christian out there because all they can talk about
3: is Israel, Israel, Israel Palestine Israel, Israel. That's all they think. Because
0: they think that place is all the land is—that's all
3: God gave.
0: Now, I'm going to show you in just a few minutes why it ain't. And yeah, why it's not. But anyway, when we go back here and start reading, you're going to see about the, you're going to hear the the, um, the mountains of Israel it's talking about nations. Keep that in mind, okay? Because just to let you know ahead of time, you won't check it out yourself. I'll just tell you. God gave Abraham the whole world. Then any Judeo Christian in the world won't you to even bring that to their to to uh, their attention. This whole world was given to Abraham, that's in Romans chapter four, verse thirteen, if you want to check it out. Save so us a little time. Either believe me or don't go and raise yourself. Okay, brother, Ezekiel chapter thirty three.
5: Again, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, speak to the children of thy people, and say unto them, When I bring the sword upon their land, if the people of the land take a man of their coasts and set him for their watchman." Okay, stop right there. I mean, let me
0: explain something to you folks. I don't know if you understand this fact or not, but this is the way it is, according to the word of God. Me Brother Kevin was talking about it this morning. Everything is happening around you, you know whose fault it is? It's God's. He's the one that brings the sword against his own people. He's the one that opens the floodgates for all these you and everything coming. It, yep, it, it's it's that's where it comes from. Why does he do that? Because he told you he was going to do it if you turn your back on him. It's called the law of cursings and blessings and
3: it's, it's all it's right back there in Deuteronomy twenty eight and twenty
4: nine.
3: That's the one that you wanna wonder why they're bringing in shiploads every every blue gum and whatever?
0: Because we as a nation have turned our back on the Father. You want to glorify queers in your land? You want to glorify sin? God will put up with it for a while in His long suffering, then He'll open the gates of everything that you ate and bring it in on your head. It's called the law of curses and blessings.
3: And that's what you want to talk about the Jew all day long. You know why? You know why the Jew does what he does? Because because you turned your back on God, as a nation and as individuals, that's why it is so important
0: for your individual fellowship with God to stay in, to stay in as, in as good a perfection as you can. That's why you should avail yourself of the prayer, avail yourself of the repentance, confession. You avail yourself of that. There'll be personal protection for you to the extent of the protection that other people don't have, other individuals don't have. Or as the Lord puts it, go into your chamber for a little while till the indignation be passed. That's in Isaiah chapter 28. And up in Zephaniah as well. That's individual. That's not talking about the name the whole nation is getting
4: ransacked.
0: If each individual, see, if, if the teaching and preaching of the Word of God was open and public like it used to be, and not just in small corners in a four-walled building, the people would hear the message. But in a degenerate society like we are today... And with uh, uh, peer pressure, fear in man, fear in the world, fear in the system that you might not make money, fear, not trust in God, everything boils down to individual.
3: You take a step at a time, one person at a time, that's the way it was built. It seems like to me, he started out with
0: Adam and Eve. Seems like when he built our
3: nation, he started out with. Abraham and Sarah. See, it starts with the individual. Folks, if you killed every hook nose, took them out, everyone in
0: this world, you'd still have the problems you got today. Probably worse. Man, it's hard to have to say that, but I know the truth. Because without God, you're nothing. Without your fellowship
3: with the Father, you're nothing. Man, God without man is still
0: God, folks, okay? God without us, He's still the Father. But an individual or a country without God is absolutely nothing. Left to their own devices, as the Bible says. And what
3: happens when they're left to their own devices?
0: Look around you.
3: See, though the Jew, wear, though the serpent seed rides the
0: horse of iniquity,
3: it's the Lord the one that puts them on the horse. Because of us as a people,
0: and it'll happen in your own life on an individual basis. That's one of the ones out there that all they take makes me sick to my stomach. They look for a cloak for their own sin, is what they do. And be sure your sin will find you out, as it says in Proverbs. All right, brother, kick it on off. Let's go.
5: When he seeth the sword come upon the land, he blow the trumpet and warn the people. What I'm trying to do, Lord, what I'm trying to do, the
0: sword is on the land, the metaphorical sword, what the Lord uses to get back, what he uses to destroy. See, the big day, when he really gets down and dirty, is when the Lord Jesus comes back himself, that day of darkness, that gloomy day, that time is worse than ever has been or ever shall be again. That's the big bad day. You're still under the sword of God right now. We all are, as a people, every single white Christian Israelite nation, every mountain of Israel, in other words, is under that judgment right now. It hasn't reached its apex The apex is going to be the time of Jacob's trouble, the end of it and the day of the Lord. That's the apex of it all. Continue, brother.
5: Then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet and taketh not warning, if the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. That's right. It's just the messenger.
0: It's the messenger's job to give the message. It's the messenger's job you have to. In other words, a man called to preach has to preach and teach. Has to. Because heavy, heavy is on your head if you don't, and I can tell you that from experience. But once the message is
3: out, he can believe, he can cry tears big as couches or any big as a refrigerator. It's up to the
0: one that hears the message to take it and do something with it. It's the Holy Spirit does the convicting. And then the individual has to take it and do something about it. The messenger, the blood's off the messenger's hands once the message comes out of his
3: mouth. Continue, brother. He heard the
5: sound of the trumpet and took not warning. His blood shall be upon him, but he that taketh warning shall deliver his fall. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Continue on, brother.
5: If the watchman see the sword come and blow not the trumpet and the people be not warned if the sword come and take any person from among them. He is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. Mm -hmm. Continue. So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the sword at my mouth and warn them from me. Okay, the historical facts of what he's just
0: read happened. Ezekiel was a watchman, and he delivered the message in that historical setting. The spiritual truth is the same thing applies today. That's the spiritual application. The very same
3: thing applies today. It's just as doctrinally true now as it was
0: then. Continue on, brother.
5: When I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die, if thou dost not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand. Nevertheless, if thou warn the wicked of his way to turn from it, if he do not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou hast delivered thy soul. See, that's one of the problems of um, reserving
0: messages to staple houses. Because what you wind up doing, preaching to the choir, as the saying goes. You wind up preaching. You wind up saying the same thing. You, you take, in other words, you're like preaching to yourself. Everybody knows what you're going to say. Everybody's done dealt with that th- same thing, and that's not uh, that's not helping nobody. That's the reason John Wesley, George Whitfield, all the old time black Talmage, all were street preachers, wouldn't reserve to a building. John Wesley named church buildings steeplehouses. He didn't even walk through the door of one until he was in his mid-70s. Called them steeplehouses. And he prophesied that the very problem we've got today would come if the messages weren't carried to the masses. And that bunch of reprobates that draws those hundreds of thousands, they, don't, they say the same thing over and over and over again. There's no
3: preaching against sin to the righteous. See, the righteous need preaching just like the wicked do. Salvation's only one part. Nobody's closing down any liquor stores. Nobody's closing any pornography websites. Nobody's doing none of that with their preaching today. All the good and hard preaching's reserved to four walls. They hear the same thing over and over and over again. If they done bowed into it and repented a thousand times, how much more can they repent? Continue, brother.
4: Therefore oh uh Thou son of man, speak unto the
5: house of Israel, thus ye speak, saying, If our transgressions and our sins be upon us, and we pine away in them, how should we then live? Amen. Preach, brother Ezekiel. Continue on, brother. Say unto them, As I live, saith the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his evil. Excuse me, turn from his way and live. Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways, for why will ye die, O house of Israel? Therefore, thou son of man, say unto the children of thy people, The righteousness of the righteous shall not deliver him in the day of his transgression. Did you hear what he just saying? no deliverance
3: in
0: our
5: righteousness
0: because our righteousness is filthy rags. That's why we've had to be given God's righteousness. (laughs) Ah, Yes, continue on, brother. As for the wickedness of the
5: wicked, he shall not fall thereby in the day that he turneth from his wickedness. Neither shall the righteous be able to live for his righteousness in the day that he sinneth. When I shall say to the righteous that he shall surely live, if he trust to his own righteousness and commit iniquity, all his righteousness shall not be remembered. Okay, now this is where a lot of people get
0: uh, you can lose your salvation. They'll go to this chapter and these verses. See, because they don't understand it ain't got nothing to do with your righteousness. It's got to do with God's righteousness, like I've been telling you guys for over two years. It's cross-righteousness. That's why it has to be, you have to have to put on Christ's righteousness to get through. All your righteousness does is take care of your reward and your fellowship with God. Cross-righteousness. Is the linen garment that gets you through. That's the difference. That is the difference. And here's where there is a bunch out there that's not the bride that do not have the linen of Christ. That keep this and keep that. If you endure to the end, the same shall be saved. Isn't that what see the Bible says that, folks. But you, like I told you Friday night, it has to be put in the right place, speaking to the right
3: bunch of folks. Rightly divide the word of truth. That's how important that one verse is in Second Timothy two fifteen.
5: Keep on, brother. But for his iniquity that he hath committed, he shall die for it. Again, when I say unto the wicked, Thou shalt surely die, if he turn from his sin, and do that which is lawful and right. If the wicked restore the pledge, give again that he had robbed, walk in the statutes of life without committing iniquity, he shall surely live, he shall not die. None of his sins that he hath committed shall be mentioned unto him. He hath done that which is lawful and right, he shall surely live. Yet the children of thy people, the way of the Lord is not equal. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) Go ahead, brother. But as for them, their way is not equal. When the righteous Turneth from his righteousness, and committeth iniquity, he shall even die thereby. But if the wicked turn from his wickedness, and do that which is lawful and right, he shall live thereby. Yet ye say, The way of the Lord is not equal. O ye house of Israel, I will judge you, every one, after his ways." Got that? For every man shall give an account of himself
0: to God. First Corinthians chapter 3. Go ahead, brother.
5: And it came to pass, in the twelfth year of our captivity, in the tenth month, in the fifth day of the month, that one that had escaped out of Jerusalem came unto me, saying, The city is smitten. Now the hand of the Lord was upon me in the evening, Before he that was escaped came, and he opened my mouth until he came to me in the morning, and my mouth was opened, and I was no more dumb. When the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, they that inhabit those wastes of the land of Israel speak, saying, Abraham was one, and he inherited the land. But we are many, and excuse me, the land is given us for
3: inheritance. See there, that, this is where this is another. These people didn't even get it. These Israelites in this historical context, said, the land. See, the land, the land. They think that
0: oh, the land is just Palestine quick, brother, turn to Romans. I'm going to have to go there and read it instead of just quoting it. Go ahead, Romans 4, and read verse 13. And you, I'm, you don't have to use your concordance. I'll tell them what it is in the Greek, okay? It's cosmos. That means the whole world when it says it. Go ahead, brother. Romans four thirteen. 13.
5: For the promise that he should be the heir of the world, was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Okay, the righteousness of faith is what brought
0: the whole world. Abraham, take God, uh, getting the whole world. It's not by the law, Paul says. It's by the righteousness of faith, which is the righteousness of Christ, the righteousness of God. That was the inheritance, the whole world, through the righteousness of faith. Not just Palestine, not that dust bowl over there, but the whole world. Back to Ezekiel, brethren, read verse 33 and go to verse chapter 34 real quick.
5: And when this cometh to pass, lo, it will come, then shall they know that a prophet hath been among them, Okay, next chapter. Now then the word
0: is going to say in verse one and the word of the Lord came to me, saying,
2: And he's gonna
0: yeah, this is a this is a totally different avenue he's going down now. All right, brother chapter thirty four.
5: Son of man, prophecy against the shepherds of Israel, prophecy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, unto the shepherds, woe be to the shepherds of Israel that do feed themselves show not the shepherds should not the shepherds feed the flocks ye eat the fat and ye clothe you with the wool ye kill them that are fed but ye feed not the flock the diseased have ye not strengthened neither have ye healed that which was sick neither have ye bound up that which was broken Neither have ye brought again that which was driven away, neither have ye sought that which was lost, but with force and with cruelty have ye ruled them. Okay. That is a bad shepherd. That's an Israelite shepherd. That's a preacher
0: today that doesn't do with his preaching and teaching those lists, those that list of things. This is a spiritual thing he's talking about right here as well as the literal thing. You're a bunch of folks running around with their Cadillacs and their airplanes and all that stuff, which which absolutely messes up the real preachers and teachers that are preaching their guts out and preaching the truth and being faithful to the Lord and His
3: Word. And because of the wickedness that these other... These so-called shepherds do. The flock won't take care of the shepherd. The real shepherd. They come up with every excuse in the world.
0: See, this and shepherds hate. Real shepherds hate to talk about this. They 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 can't stand it.
3: But it's the truth truth. You've got real
0: pastors, real teachers, and preachers out there that love the Lord and are true to the book and faithful to the Lord, faithful to, their, to the sheep, and have to go on food stamps or rely on a couple of good-hearted brethren to even live. When the command is plain, you preach the gospel, you live with the gospel. And you've got the flock out there who take care of their own self and, and, and suck down the spiritual food all the time and don't do
3: a D-blank thing for the one that spends all the time feeding them. Or as Paul says, they're worse than an infidel.
0: Okay? And that's just the way it is. And we hate to bring those subjects up, but that's the way it is. Preach the whole counsel of God. You gotta mention it. And if the shoe fits, you just gotta wear it, folks.
3: There will be no excuses at the judgment seat of Christ. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he.
4: Continue.
5: And they were scattered because there is no shepherd, and they became meat to all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. My sheep wandered through all the mountains, and upon every high hill, yea, my flock was scattered upon all the face of the earth, and none did search or seek after them. Therefore, ye shepherds, hear the words of the Lord, as I live, saith the Lord God, surely because my flock became a prey, and my flock became meat to every beast of the field, because there was no shepherd, neither did my shepherds search for my flock, but the shepherds fed themselves and fed not my flock. There you go. That's exactly what's happening
0: today. This is just as prevalent and relevant to 2015, as you could possibly get. The sheep are scattered. They're in Great Britain. They're in Australia. They're in California. They're in Canada. They're everywhere scattered. They're in South Africa. They're in Sweden. They're in Ireland.
3: They're scattered. They're scattered from real shepherds and real teaching.
5: Therefore, O ye shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my flock at their hand, and cause them to cease from feeding the flock. Neither shall the shepherds feed themselves any more, for I will deliver my flock from their mouth, that they may not... Be meet for them.
0: The judgment
1: will come.
5: Judgment will come on that wicked bunch. Go ahead, brother.
0: And the thing, and the bad thing about it, it's deception. It's deception. There's some that do that by on by their own choice. That they, they they do it out of pure wickedness. But there's some that are just flat deceived because evil communications corrupt good manners. Why do you think the Lord and the Apostle Paul was always screaming, be not deceived? Continue, brother.
5: So thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I, even I, will both search my sheep and seek them out. Absolutely. The Lord will do it. The Lord's going to get his sheep. He's chosen. He chooses his. He chooses his bride. They're called the elect. Continue, brother. As a shepherd seeketh out his flock in the day that he is among his sheep that are scattered, so will I seek out my sheep and will deliver them out of the places where they have been scattered in the cloudy and dark day. Okay. He's went from
0: the last 2,000 years to the future in the cloudy and dark day in that one verse. And if you didn't realize, if you didn't understand the context, if you didn't understand the day of the Lord and the time of Jacob's trouble, if you didn't understand the doctrine that goes along with them, you would have missed it.
4: You would have missed
0: it. That's, that uh, one verse can encompass thousands of years. That's the reason the verses have historical, practical, and future context and reference. That's the way you have to look at the Scriptures, because that's the way it does. That's the way... Isaiah can be talking about, you know, Ramshaki doing so and so to the to uh the Assyrian king and then all of a sudden give you a, a a future reference to the Lord Jesus Christ and then go right back talking about something in his day without blinking an eye the way the Word of God's written. That's the way it has to be studied. That's the way it has to be presented. And anybody that don't do it is a fool and deceived theirself or they're unlearned and got no business trying to put it out. But the Spirit of God doesn't dwell in them one. Continue, brother. <clears throat> Verse
5: 13 and i will bring them out from the people and gather them from the countries and will bring them to their own land and feed them upon the mountains of israel by the rivers and in all the inhabited places of the country i will feed them in a good pasture pasture and upon the high mountains of israel shall their fold be their There shall they lie in a good fold, and in a fat pasture shall they feed upon the mountains of Israel. I will feed my flock, and I will cause them to lie down, saith the Lord God. I will seek that which was lost, and bring again that which was driven away, and will bind up that which was broken, and will strengthen that which was sick, but I will destroy the fat and the strong. I will feed them with judgment. And as for you, O my flock, thus saith the Lord God, behold, I judge between cattle and cattle, between the rams and the he-goats. Seemeth It is small thing unto you to have eaten up the good pasture, but ye must tread down with your feet the residue of your pastures, and to have drunk of the deep waters, but ye must foul the residue with your feet. there's a reference back to the bad shepherds.
0: Continue on, brother.
5: And as for my flock, they eat that which ye have trodden with your feet, and they drink that which ye have fouled with your feet. You know what that is? That you know what that is? You know
0: what? Let me give you an example of fouling the waters.
3: Jews are God's chosen people. Whoever blesses the Jew will be blessed. If you bless, you can't do say nothing bad about the Jews because they're the apple of God's eye. That's fouling the waters.
0: That's leading the people astray. That's being suckered in by a world event that had nothing to do with the Word of God. That's what that is. There's you an example. Continue, brother.
5: Therefore, thus saith the Lord God unto them, Behold, I, even I, will judge between the fat cattle and between the lean cattle. Because ye have thrust with side and with shoulder and pushed all the diseased with your horns, till ye have scattered them abroad, therefore will I save my flock, and they shall no more be a prey, and I will judge between cattle and cattle and I will set up one shepherd over them, and he shall feed them, even my servant David. But he stop shall right feed there, them. Stop right there. Stop right there. He has jumped in
0: to chapter forty three, forty eight, 48, right here. He will set up who? Read that verse again. David's dead, folks, when Ezekiel writes this. Verse 23, watch it now. Watch it close. Go ahead.
5: And I will set up one shepherd over them, and he shall feed them, even my servant David. He shall feed them, and he shall be their shepherd. Okay. All your expositors,
0: 99.999% of them, try to tell you that this is using David in place of Jesus Christ. They try to tell you that what well, really is talking about the Lord Jesus Christ here. Is it? Is it? Everything I have set you up and told you about Friday night days to show you that it absolutely is not. Because the scriptures don't bear that out. Jesus Christ
3: is our husband. He's the elect's husband. Continue, brother.
5: And I, the Lord, will be their God and my servant David a prince among them. David the prince.
3: Remember a while ago in Ezekiel forty four about that prince?
0: (laughs) Yes, David the prince called the prince. See the difference? You've got the Lord here and you got David in the same verse. It doesn't say the Lord is David, but that's what your expositors and scholars tell you. 99.9% of them that ones that didn't get the division, that didn't understand the division between the bride elect and some of the rest of national Israel, they missed it because they didn't get that division. you see, for anybody who works their salt in Judeo Christianity, anybody that's a Bible believer, for the most part in Bible believing Christianity, understands the division between Israel and the church, okay? That they understand the division, but they didn't get it right. They got It's half true, see? There is a division. But they got they didn't they didn't get it they got it
2: half right.
0: They got it half right. There's even a difference in eternity between Israel and the sir, and the stranger. Showed you that a while ago. He's gonna bring
3: it up again.
5: Continue on, brother. And I will make with them a covenant of peace. And will cause the evil beasts to cease out of the land, and they shall dwell safely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods. And I will make them and the places round about my hill a blessing, and I will cause the shower to come down in his season. There shall be showers of blessing." And the tree of the field shall yield her fruit, and the earth shall yield her increase, and they shall be safe in their land, and shall know that I am the Lord. When I have broken the bands of their yoke, and delivered them out of the hand of those that serve themselves of them, and they shall no more be a prey to the heathen.
4: There's Neither
5: your Jews there's shall the. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. There's your Jews, the ones that serve themselves
0: of them. They're the heads of Hollywood. They're the heads of the banks. They're the heads of the media industry. There's the heads of it all.
3: They're the heads of the, of the, the Rothschilds, the, the international banking system. They serve themselves of you. you are going to get their Justin and reward absolutely. It ain't going to be fun. It ain't going to be
0: fun at all. Continue, brother.
5: And they shall no more be a prey to the heathen, neither shall the beast of the land devour them, but they shall dwell safely, and none shall make them afraid. Okay, now right here, there's a little metaphor going on here, okay? Talking about the heathen and the beast of the field?
0: It's talking about the other races, folks. Playing on us. That's what it's talking about. That's just that a little allegory going on here, a little metaphor going on here. There ain't nobody having to fight off lions, okay? And tigers and bears. Come on, give me a break. Context dictates that you can, put, you can allegorize it a little bit, okay? But the context
5: dictates that. By what else
3: it says in the sentence. Hear brother. And I will
5: raise up for them a plant of renown, and they shall be no more consumed with hunger in the land, neither bear the shame of the heathen any more. Is that allegory to huh? Pastor Oh, I, absolutely. Uh, yes, 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 yes. Yes. Thus shall they know that I, the Lord, their God, am with them, and that they, even the house of Israel, are my people, saith the Lord God. You know, in the book
3: of Revelation,
5: it says, I'll make them that say they are Judah
0: and are not, or Jews and are not, I'll make them come and worship before your feet. That's Revelation chapter 2, 9, and chapter 3, 9. Verse thirty-one, brother.
5: And ye, my flock, the flock of my pleasure, are men, and I am your God, saith the Lord God. There you go. You saw the sheep, the sheep, the sheep. That's
0: metaphor, okay? That's metaphor. Well, what happened in the very last verse of the chapter? He tells you that the flock is men. So simple. See, what I I, I ain't been lying to you folks. Been telling you the truth about that stuff. Gotta read. You gotta know how to read English and be and just be able to understand what you read. George just told you. All that what he just got there telling you about the sheep, the flocks, all that stuff, which you already knew that, but he just told you that in verse thirty one. Chapter uh, the next chapter, brother. What time is it by the way? I don't want to keep you another two hours tonight 'cause tomorrow's work day. Six forty five my time. What time is it, Kevin? Our time. 8, April, we done went an hour and a half, hadn't we?
4: Yeah.
0: Okay,
5: we'll just go a little bit further we'll go back ten more minutes. Go ahead, brother. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me saying, Son of man, set thy face against Mount Sire. Okay, I'll just go ahead and tell you what this is. This whole chapter is about
0: God kicking the Jews' butt. Esau Edom. It's about what the whole chapter's about. You have the same kind of chapter in Isaiah, chapter uh, 31 or 32, I forget, maybe chapter 33. It's between 30 and 35 in, in Isaiah. God deals a whole chapter with kicking Esau's butt. The Jew, the Edomite Jew. That's what this whole chapter's about. All right, we're going to go to the next chapter. Wait, just a minute. Let me make sure that there's nothing else I need to bring out here. Very last verse tells you it's in uh, Seir and about Seir and Edomia. That's the Edomite Jew. That Esau is Edom. It tells you that in Genesis chapter sixteen uh, that Esau is Edom. That's in Edomia. That's where Esau is. And uh, so, uh, okay, next chapter, brother. Real quick, real quick. I want try trying to get to that what I was telling you guys about before the program started. Should have went directly to it, but I didn't. Okay. Not going to the next chapter, hanging. Okay, Let's we'll just go ahead and stop here for tonight. I see any questions in the chat room? I don't. I know tomorrow's Monday, and I don't want to keep you too long. <laughs> okay. There's no questions in the chat room tomorrow night. I will definitely get into about the the change. It's going to. I'll just go ahead and give you a hand of what's coming up. And every expositor missed it. They they missed it, even though it's in the very book. Where they tried to teach his prophecy, okay? Talks about the Lord calling up these Israelites from all twelve tribes out of their graves and putting flesh back on them, giving them another heart, breathing into them. See, all the Bible scholars and expositors have tried to make that the rebirth of the Jew. They missed it, see. And the Presbyterians spiritualized it into being just anybody that accepts the Lord Jesus Christ. Both of them missed it. By not realizing the Anglo-Israel truth, and uh, and the, even the the one they they, they should have understood that he was talking about the twelve tribes in the last
3: eight chapters by it appearing here in chapters thirty six and thirty seven, but they missed it. They missed it. They missed it. So that's
0: what we'll deal with tomorrow night here in in chapter thirty six and thirty seven, and we'll probably we'll get on into um, the last three chapters. In Ezekiel and deal with David as the prince about his children. It talks about him having some more children. It talks about everybody in that's in that bunch having children, having inheritance for their children. It talks about the strangers getting an inheritance. And you can go look it up in your concordance to see he's talking about. If you think I'm making it up, I'm sure it's a chosen bunch. But anyway, makes no difference. They're there. And things different ain't the same, okay? I, I hate to keep saying that, but the way, some of the people out there just don't under, don't get it. All right, but that's what we'll cover tomorrow night. It'll talk about that. It'll talk. It'll it'll lay out uh, the last few chapters in Ezekiel. will lay out. It'll sound. It'll sound almost identical to Revelation chapter twenty-two, but it, it's not. It's different. I'll show you why it's different. I'll show you the wording's different. Measurements are different. The things going on are different. It's not the same place period anyway i'll go ahead and dismiss the center word of prayer and we will meet back tomorrow night lord willing and health permitting heavenly father i thank you father for this book again and i lift it up to heaven and i praise your holy name for allowing us to be able to read your words and just like your book says father heaven and earth will pass away but your words shall not pass away and i thank you for that There will be no excuses, I understand, God, for those of us that apply ourselves to understanding the book, to reading the book, and to putting the book out there. There will be no excuses because we've got the book to read and with the Holy Spirit to teach us, and I thank you for that. Father, I pray that you would give everybody a good night's sleep that's in the chat room and this coming work week be with them in everything that they do, Lord, and be a blessing unto them, Father. Work out your will in their life, which I know you're going to do. You promised that you would for your elect. And everything that happens, Father, no matter how bad it is or how good it is, help your people to understand it's not by chance but part of the plan. And we'll give you all the honor and the praise for everything that you do. For it's in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ we ask these things and for his sake alone.
2: Amen and amen. And amen. And amen. So, we will continue this series on Friday and Sunday. The last eight chapters of the book of Ezekiel, chapters 40 to 48. And I'd just like to say one short prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you continue to build Don Spears' ministries. That you cause it to flourish. That you raise up helpers and and financiers, suppliers, Lord, people who will be as King David, those who look after the baggage, get the same reward as those that go to the battle. And I thank you, Lord, that we are partakers of the rewards earned through this ministry of Don Spears, through the preaching, teaching, salvations, and so forth, as we give to you. And so the contact information for Don Spears Ministries telephone number is three three four three nine seven two three three three. I'll give you the email address, but currently Pastor Don's computer's down. Respect to the Lord at yahoo.com. And remember you can bless the Lord Jesus Christ. You can give to the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ by giving to this ministry and receive your reward for doing so. And you can go to PayPal and you can enter respect to the Lord at yahoo.com or Don Spears Ministries and Don Spears will come up. You can make your offering there. Thank you very much in advance of that. Pastor Don's mailing address is three one. 55 five, Louisville Street,
1: apartment
2: D1, that's D is in Don, D1, Clio, Alabama, 36017. Please sing, send cards there to encourage Pastor Don, pictures to pray over, so forth. And we'll end the evening with this song. Thank you very much for listening tonight. Goodbye for now.